0: And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none, and those who mourn as they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no goods, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit but the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah in verse.
1: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become children, fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants, and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Disciples. That is who Jesus called to his side. Disciples. In other words, followers. People that were going to follow him where he led, to listen to his teachings, apply those teachings, and put them to work in their own lives. And to also remember Jesus went into towns, he went into houses, he healed the sick, he consoled those who grieved. He was there for people. And that is what the disciples were to be as well. To be people that were after the other people's hearts for the kingdom of God. And so you and I are this day's disciples. We have been called into God's life through the water of baptism. God's call has been placed upon us. We are his children. And as such, we are now to live as his followers and to know that the things that we see around us today are temporary things. But that the things that will last forever are those things that remain with God and our gods. And so today, as we culminate our weeks of stewardship, as we started out on the baptism of our Lord Sunday and carried it through last Sunday, and then now to today. And stewardship really is one of those components of being a follower of Jesus. Because after all, what did he ask the first disciples to do? to leave their work, okay? To leave those things behind, even family members, and to follow him. And so we're not to let the stuff of this world get between us and following the Lord. But yet so many times you and I, we get distracted by the pretty things of this world, don't we? We get distracted by things that seem to sell us a, a wonderful bill of, of, shall we say, strength and beauty, and, and they sound wonderful. That somehow, you know, if I just sat in this wonderful automobile, that somehow my life is better. OK. I watched yesterday an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. It's a very much a British humor kind of show. And yes, it was on PBS. So, I was watching it, and the titled character, she and her husband were in a Mercedes Benz dealership. And he kept telling her, why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? We're not gonna buy a car today. And she goes, I just want to feel it. I want to touch it. And so she got into it, sat down, And the whole time, her husband's there going out and says, now you repeat after me. We're not interested in buying a car. We're not interested in buying a car. The salesman came to the other window and said, you know, this is a really beautiful car. Would you be interested in purchasing it? Oh, yes, I would, she said. (laughs) Because her senses were all distracted by the things of this world. And I think you and I also, many times, we get, you know, these things in our eye that just make us really want them badly, even though we know we don't need them. And so today, our disciples are a picture against giving in to every impulse that the world sends us. The disciples are an example of God's grace coming to them in the midst of their occupation their lives, and calling them out of it for the good of the whole world. And that's what happened to you and I. We were called out of this base life into a life which God blesses and sustains. You know, this focus on God's love, how he loves us so intently that he's willing to sacrifice his own son for us. You see, that's how much love he has for us. And think about our Savior Jesus, how much love he has for us too. Even when we make the same mistake over and over again, he continually says, get up, dust yourself off, I forgive you, let's move on. Okay? And then we have the Holy Spirit also working in us, right? Groaning and trying to get our attention to to have our lives transformed into more of a picture of our Lord Jesus. That's the life of a disciple. A disciple who sees things in this world for what they really are and serves out of love for God. So today we come to that time where we consider our annual faith promise to the Lord for his work here and some of you have already been diligently praying over that the last couple of weeks, have already sent in your pledge or faith promise. Others of you, not yet decided, but I'm hoping that today you will make that kind of a commitment as the Lord encourages you. But also today, we have our time of deciding what ways we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, as you know, uh, we voted last fall, to change our governance structure, and as such, we're breaking things into new ways of doing things. And you know, as I sang that last hymn, you know, I was reminded of that, you know, that Christ who called the 12 to rise and follow you, forsaking the old familiar ways for ventures bold and new. Now that doesn't sound like a voice of someone who says, oh, I can only do this. But this is a voice that's transformed by the Spirit of God to kind of say, you know, my life with the Lord is really an adventure. And it's an adventure that I'm on following Him. Because you know, He's gonna lead me in all sorts of places, into circumstances and occasions that he's going to give me opportunities to share what he has done. He's going to give me opportunities to show care and love to others. He's going to give me an opportunity, oh my goodness, to use the gifts that he gave me for his purpose. What a wonderful venture that is. But it's a bit scary for us, isn't it? To let loose of things of this world so tightly that we hold, and to rather hold on tightly to our Lord. I envision, you know, you and I, most of the time, well, some of you remember swimming in the pool, okay? Swimming, and sometimes you had those games where you played where, you know, somebody was on the bottom and someone climbed on top of your shoulders and then you each tried to push the other group over. I know that never has happened to any of you, but, but I remember such a time. I was always on the bottom. I know you can't imagine why. But, you know, as it were, in our picture today, I want us to remember Jesus is on the bottom. He's our sure foundation. And that as long as we are on him, all things will work out. It may not be the way we thought it would be, I mean, many of us have encountered times where things didn't go according to plan. But by golly, it still came off wonderfully. So you and I today, we have a God who is with us in these things. And I'd have you pull out that beige colored insert into your folder today. And these are areas that your leaders have described as needs for our congregation. We need you, as the members, the people who care about God's mission, to be involved in these things. And being involved means, you know, maybe it's going shopping for vacation Bible school meals. It's a one-time thing. That may be all you need to do. But there are a lot of ways that you can serve the Lord. And we're trying to break those down so that you can serve no matter how much time you have available, but that you can do things for God's kingdom without you know, saying, if I sign up, you know, I'm going to be doing this until I'm you know, in the grave. You know, it's not that kind of a sign-up, okay? Uh, so, I mean, I'm not expecting you to sign this in blood, okay? Um, this is your you know, thoughts and being led by God to, uh, to consider where you might help out at. And, you know, you can help out in as many areas as you want. You know, that's the good thing about this, is that, you know, there are things that are just one time a year. There are things that are once a month. There are things that are, you know, continual. And it's just a matter of where you see your gifts and abilities. And you'll see that on one side, you have the fellowship pillar. You know, feeding people, helping people connect to each other. That's what fellowship is about. And I would say less about the feeding people and more about the connecting, okay? Our outreach pillar deals with how we're going to communicate with our neighbors and be about God's mission outside this building. And certainly it's helping missionaries. It's going on mission trips, but it's also helping us learn to be a little bit more comfortable in saying, you know, I know that love of Jesus in my heart and it wants out to be shared with others. Our worship pillar, this is an area that our elders did a lot with before, and we need a lot more help now, and women can do a lot of these things as well. And so, you know, you have music, you have scripture readings, greeters, altar care. You know, you look at this, and it's like, this is all the things in the people in order to have this service today, okay? And imagine now that your part of that Servant Corps. If you turn the page over, you'll find some areas for member care. Again, this was an area that we've broken down away from the elders area, so that you can visit members. We're not gonna assign you 22 families to follow, okay? But you're gonna be able to follow as many families as you'd like to. Um, And then we have our aid fund that will be helping people in need. Uh, hospital visits. I mean, if you have a joy in doing that, great. If you don't, you don't have to go to the hospital. I know some of you don't like it because you have already have your frequent flyer pass there. You know, um, administration areas, this is where we take care of our facility, uh, where we are doing the physical tasks around. And then discipleship, following Jesus, right? helping people learn about Jesus, the Sunday school office, teaching in Sunday school, uh, communicating, a youth leader, adult Bible study. You see, all kinds of ways that you can serve. And so, we put a lot of blanks there, but I hope that you'll put a lot of check marks around on those too. And today, uh, we're gonna turn those in, okay? And you're going to have an opportunity after the service to meet and greet with our ministry team leaders that we're going to install. And so you'll get to know who are the heads of each of those areas. And that way, you know who to call and say, hey, I want to help. Or when you get a call from one of them, and they say, hey, remember me? You know, I want to have your help to do this. And so... Today, you know, you heard the gospel. You heard about how your sins have been forgiven. How God can even use some wild guy like Jonah for his purposes. Okay? Jonah didn't want to do what God said. God sent him on an adventure. And that adventure turned Jonah around, didn't it? He went begrudgingly to do what God told him to do. He did it, and guess what? The people responded, and God relented of the disaster. Now, you and I, we're also sent. We're people that God has selected to do these things of his kingdom and work. So may you and I give consideration to that. And really, out of love for God, because he loved us first, to really figure out how we can plug in and get active. And so we're gonna take time now. I'll give you five minutes. I know that the Holy Spirit can work miracles in just a second, but five minutes for you to look over that list. Make sure you put your name and information at the top, because you know, it doesn't help us any if you're nameless, okay? But uh, fill that out, and before you start, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we ask that you would be here with us. Lord, that you have enabled us and created us with gifts and talents. Lord, help us to use our time and talents and treasures wisely. Lord, help us be led by your Spirit to consider new adventures, new ways to serve. And Lord, help us also to support your work, your mission, which really is a great commission for all of us. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.